Aloha! You are listening to Inside the Desert Oasis Room, episode number 96. This episode is sponsored by Tandawai Rum. Established in the Philippines in 1854, Tandawai is one of the world's largest rum producers and winner of over 170 international medals in the past four decades, including Brand of the Year in London's World Branding Awards Rum Category from 2015 to 2017 and Rum Brand Champion of the World by TheSpiritsBusiness.com in 2015. As sponsor of the Inside the Desert Oasis Room podcast and the Toast to Master Ninja Ray Buen at the legendary Tiki Tea in Los Angeles, California, Tandawai is the perfect companion to celebrate all things tiki for more information check out their webpage at tandawaiusa.com or follow them on facebook or instagram at tandawaiusa this podcast is also sponsored by the tonga hut opened in 1958 the tonga hut in north hollywood is la's oldest continuously run tiki bar with locations in both north hollywood and palm springs california the tonga hut serves classic tiki cocktails in a classic tiki setting dine in a secret tiki hideaway or learn about rum and rum history at one of their educational seminars and if you're up to the challenge take the journey to join the loyal order of drooling bastards for information on events rum rum club and more go to tongahut.com or find them on facebook or instagram on this episode we chat with john philbin you may know john from some of the movies he starred in including point break tombstone return of the living dead or children of the corn among others but he's probably most notably recognized for his role as turtle in the iconic surf movie north shore As someone who's seen North Shore dozens and dozens of times, I was so excited and honored to get to know more about his life on and off screen. John was gracious, friendly, and accommodating, and I simply cannot express how appreciative I am that he took the time to hang out with me for the podcast. As always, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did bringing it to you. And if you did, hit that subscribe button. Subscribing makes it easier to follow our adventures as new episodes are delivered to you automatically. Shares on your social media are always appreciated. And if you'd like to help support the show, go to DesertOasisRoom.com and click on the donate button. This podcast is a grassroots effort and it does not survive without the help of its sponsors or its listeners. So donations of any size are totally appreciated and help keep this podcast coming to you every week. Alrighty, folks, here he is. Listen to Turtle, the one and only John Philbin. Aloha, folks, and welcome to another edition of Inside the Desert Oasis Room. Today, we have a very special guest, Mr. John Philbin. You probably know him most for playing Turtle in North Shore, but he's also been in a few other films, such as Point Break and Tombstone and Children of the Corn and a bunch of other fun stuff. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast, John. Thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure, Adrian. I don't even know where to start. (laughs) <laughs> start with that nice mug you gave me in that shirt <laughs> oh yeah well so for our listeners out there we have that new brown hapa brown mug which is based on the coca joe's tourist tiki's out of hawaii i got one here for john super cool i love it i got him number 27 because not to sound like super creepy super fan guy uh i just knew that that was his birthday so that's the number <laughs> that i pulled for him <laughs> He's got my social security number and one of, or two of my credit card numbers as well. Yeah, there you go. And, oh, and so... I saw you out by my mail, by my trash can the other day, too, and I wonder, what were you getting out of that? I was just looking for stuff for eBay, right? Well, thanks for driving up two hours to get here. I oh, yeah, no worries, man. I, the honor is all mine. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Um, as I mentioned before... I'm a super fan of this movie, North Shore. Actually, uh-huh. a couple episodes, we were even talking about it. I've seen that movie like over a hundred times. How do you I know you've seen it over a hundred times? That's a lot of times. Well, <laughs> you're just so, saying that. Yeah, I'm just saying that. But no, but I really have. It wouldn't surprise me if it was. Wow. Actually, to technically over a hundred times. when did you start? And why I did you I saw it in the movie theater when it first came out. Wow. Yeah, 1987. And what is it about it? My friend Matt Adler just got back into the surfing with me, and he wondered, I said, Matt, you should see this this sort of cult following of North Shore of second and third generation. And he goes, well, what is it about it they like? 
There is so much about what I love about that movie. Number one, it's a fun movie. You know, it's it's one of these things that there's a formula that a lot of movies use, where there's this person that is faced with great odds to overcome some great challenge or some great villain or something like that. And yeah, the hero's journey. Yeah, the hero's journey. They're, fish take, out of they're, water. they're taking on a journey. Uh, along the way, they've got the zany sidekick, yeah. right? Like Turtle. Yep. And in the end, it, there's a happy ending where they overcome those odds, right? And, and the lesson is always that perseverance pays off. Uh, and when it's a good versus evil kind of thing, like Lance Burkhart was the evil, right? Yeah. Uh, good always prevails. So it's got that classic formula but at the same time there were a lot of things about it you know at the time in in 1987 i was really heavily into surfing there were two things that i was heavily into in the 80s it was martial arts and it was surfing and i went and saw that movie with my surf buddies we got so stoked after that movie we wanted to go and paddle out in the water right away and it just it 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 actually showed surf culture in hawaii especially localism and all that kind of stuff yeah you know uh, and it was the first film of its kind to do that, you know. Right. Um, but yeah, that's some of it for me. Cool. You know. And um, again, the main thing is that it was just fun. Um, you know, along that line, I've always associated you as being a surfer. It's kind of ironic that, like, even today, you're still surfing. Yeah. How did all that get started? I mean, were you always a surfer as a child? I started surfing when I was 12 years old, which by these days is late. And you're a yeah, pro yeah. by sponsored by 12 I we moved to Palos Verdes my dad moved us to Palos Verdes I think I was in fourth grade and I started maybe surfing in sixth grade I, I assume that's 12 I'm not sure but I had to learn how to swim at the little neighborhood pool and, and right. the only reason I took up surfing because that's it, that's what, what was around and that some of the cool kids were doing it and it was new and it was you got away from your parents. Yeah, that's a surf community, beach yeah, community. It's a surf, yeah. So yeah. I started doing it, and surfing is not for everyone. You know, some people take to it, some people don't. I teach surfing now, so I see the you know the differences in how people. I used to when I was just learning how to surf, I go, oh, that guy's learning quickly, mm-hmm. or that guy's not really learning very quickly. And now I see that because I teach surfing, I can see it in people. There's things you can't teach, and there's things you can teach. But I loved it. I loved everything about it. So I started surfing hardcore, and I surfed. Up until I was at UC Santa Barbara, and uh, I was going to school up there, and I was an econ major, and I was mm-hmm. on the surf team, and it hit me that I wanted to be an actor, and I realized I wasn't going to get anything done in Santa Barbara. I had okay. my dog, I was surfing, but I was a hardcore surfer. And then I transferred, then I went on a big surf trip to Indonesia, mm-hmm. and went, then I transferred to USC, and I studied acting for three years, and I started working as an actor. So I it gave up surfing for, I would say, maybe six years. I didn't know what my future was going. I was focused. I wasn't thinking about surfing at all. I was just focused on having a career as an actor, you know, TV and film. And it was going well, and I was living in Hollywood, and right. all I cared right. about were cities and jobs. Right. And so I didn't think about surfing until this movie came around, and it reminded yeah. me that, yeah. wow, I, had a, I spent a lot of time surfing. I can play a surfer, and I could, you know, really, and I could get, you know, I could do this job very well. So when this movie came around, would you say that you were an actor first and a surfer second? Oh, definitely. Okay. <clears throat> I think this was like the fifth or sixth movie I'd done. I'd done like four or five films in a row on location in the Midwest and the South okay. And, okay. and one in Hollywood. And I didn't surf anymore. I was just an actor taking acting class and go, doing job to job. All I cared about was work. So okay. I'd quit surfing. Also, I quit surfing kind of during college when I was studying theater at USC. Right, right. And I didn't. You're just t- kind of taking that more serious. That was your focus. Well, I was right? folk. I was yeah. extremely focused yeah, on yeah. my career at that time, and my career had nothing to do with surfing. So, like right now, now my career has a lot to do with surfing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so I. That's what it mostly know, is yeah, now, right? Yeah, but it's funny because, yeah, there's a funny story about that down the line. But yeah, no, I was completely a, an actor. Who surfed? Yeah, I could, yeah. Who knew how to surf? I knew how to surf, but I was not a surfer. So, how did this role come about? Then, did this come about because you were a surfer? How did they find you? Well, uh, I had done a movie for Randall Kleiser called uh, Grandview USA with mm-hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis and Patrick Swayze and Troy Donahue, and the lead was C. Thomas Howell, but John Cusack was in it, and it was a phenomenal cast. 
and my all my workers with Jamie Lee Curtis and Carol Cook, but I played a re- slightly retarded, I, that's not a really good word to use, but, you know, an off-spectrum spectrum challenge, right. certainly, kid in it. And I did a really good job. I, at that time, I probably I peaked. Um, my audition for that was probably the best audition I've ever done in my life. Oh, okay. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I just remember that work. There was... I, in my opinion, anyway, I got that job and I did well. And the produ- and the director, producer Randall Kleiser, who ended up kind of writing and producing North Shore, uh, along with Grease and Blue Lagoon and Flight of the Navigator and mm-hmm. White, you know, Fang. And, I mean, he's just a he knows how to make movies, really good, popular, successful movies that have followings. Even though that was not his intention with North Shore, but anyway, he he. He had a good friend, Bill Phelps, who he met in college. I think they went to USC together, and so did I. And he'd seen my work, and they needed to cast this role of Turtle in North Shore. Mm-hmm. Bill Phelps was going to direct it. Randall Kleiser was going to produce it. It was um, there was it was also some, a great story. Is one of the producers in Hawaii was Bill Finnegan, who had worked on Hawaii Five O for a long time, and his son William Finnegan wrote Barbarian Days, which is one of my favorite surf novels of all time. And when we did North Shore, he goes, yeah, Bill Finnegan was a producer. We'd be talking to him. He go, yeah, my son is a writer, but he also surfs. And I go, me and Matt are like, oh, you think he'd write a, a surf movie for us or a sequel to this? And he goes, oh, no, he would never write anything about surfing. Okay. Like, oh, he's a fancy New York writer who would never. Now he write his <laughs> claim to fame now is he wrote an <laughs> autobiography of his time surfing, and he's had a great life. But uh, by Barbarian Days is a great yeah. novel. Okay. But anyway, I Randall said, I know a method actor, because I was just a method actor. He didn't know I surfed, that could probably play this role, this Hoppa Howley guy with an accent, you know. Right, right. Like, so he brought me in, not knowing I surfed or anything. And then he said, hey, do you surf? And I said, I'm a fucking total surfer. I used to, I've surfed Pipeline. Yes, I grew up, I'm a total chameleon. I, I would totally kill it. He goes, okay, we can come in on this role. Meet the director. I came in. I auditioned. They didn't like me. Oh, really? Randall said, yeah. Randall said, no, give John another chance. I came in again. Bill didn't see it. Really? We don't see it. He's not even blonde. He's not even tan. (laughs) And I'm like, he goes, well, he's an actor. I mean, he's he's. if you wanted a surfer to play, you should have hired the guy it was written for. But they couldn't. The Universal Studios wouldn't. Uh, you know, accept a, a non-actor for this role. Was it really specifically written for somebody? It was written based on somebody who okay. was a Hoppa Howley guy named Brian King who's really funky, cool, smart, artistic, great mm-hmm. surfer who still lives on the North Shore. But after we did this movie, I think he went to Berkeley and studied art and then he moved to New York, just like Rick Kane. That's and interesting. Yeah. in the art field, yeah. you know. He's a full artist, worked for, I think, Interview Magazine maybe... But I'm not sure in a bunch of different art galleries, and it was a cool, hip New Yorker. Yeah. yeah. And after I think after he saw the towers come down, he saw the he witnessed the 9/11 attacks, and wow. he decided, that's it, man. He just saw the streets, and he he's a kid from Hawaii, you yeah, know, born yeah. and raised on Oahu. Yeah. And just decided to move home, yeah. and he moved back yeah. to Oahu. What am I going to do now? He started making surfboards, and now he makes he you know. Makes the best surfboards for the best surfers in the world. Now over he's just like North Turtle. Shore. Yeah, right? it's just like Turtle. Now he is back to Turtle. It's back funny that you say that he was like Rick Kane's character. Went to hard school, went to New York. The whole, that's exactly what Rick Kane's character was in the movie. At, or I should say Matt Adler's character, yeah. Rick Kane. And then in real life, you've got a guy like Jerry Lopez, who's like the ch- Chandler in real life. Right. right? He wanted to play Chandler, yeah. Right, right. But yeah. he was such a badass. He was like Wasn't the perfect guy for Vince, right? That, you know, there, people ask me, like, what do you think when you see this movie again? I just think Jerry Lopez is so great. Yeah. Gregory Harrison is so great. I love Matt Adler's sincerity, you know? I just watch other people's performances, but Jerry's fucking a, such They're a guru. Well, I love him. Everybody's characters need to fit Laird. Yeah, Laird was like so perfect for that role. But you know what's what kind of sucks for Laird is that he kind of took a hit in his personal life. A lot of people thought that he was an asshole in in real life, right? Yeah, I think that happens with a lot of people that aren't professional actors and I think it happens with professional actors as well. For example, Matt Adler's professional actor, he'd done like a leads in a bunch of films and went on to do a few more leads. I mean, now he makes millions of dollars a year acting, doing the voiceovers, but he doesn't need to hassle with the kind of this kind of on-camera shit, but he but at the time, at when this movie came out, he hated he hated the reaction he got from surfers. Oh, really? He's a real surfer, you know, and he just didn't like 
what it did for his life, you know, off camera, what it did for his life going surfing. He quit surfing for 20 years because of this film. How did it affect him? Well, it wasn't well received in a feature as a feat when it came out in studios. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of surfers don't understand. They're not actors. They don't work in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. They don't understand that it's Hollywood does fantasy. They don't do reality. Yeah, right, right. You know, so when you see someone take off right and then come out left on a longboard or vice versa or whatever, they would take semi offense to that. You know, they're very protective of their sport. You know, and so they when they see Hollywood make a surf movie, they're they're ready to be very critical. Of and course, the things yeah, they'd be yeah. critical about were were technical aspects of filmmaking that they didn't understand and would mm-hmm. think, well, how could you betray us like that? And gotcha. that's the lead. Yeah. So they'd see him and go, yeah. how could you yeah. come from a wave park and win the Pipe Masters? That could never fucking happen. Right, and of course. What's this, how could you take off right on this board and come out left and that's someone else? Like, that's what's that all about? As if Matt had anything right, right. to do with right. that. <laughs> but that's, that's part of the story, right? That's the fantasy. That's the whole... I mean, that's that's... You see that coming as somebody who watches a lot of movies. You just see that coming, right? Well, you you know, watch a lot of movies. Most people don't. So when okay. they, their servers, they go out and okay. see it and they go, hey, the guy took off. It's just like I remember. It's so fun. I mean, they, that little kid with Laird, you know, the story about shaking the hand that he talks yeah. about in his thing. Like, it fuck, <laughs> fuck him up. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, and But it's weird if you're, if you're an... Me too. There was a long time when people just kept calling me Turtle and saying lines from the movie, and I had—I don't identify with that character, and I had nothing to do with that. And I'd moved on and was playing mostly bank robbers and cops, you know, right, and derelicts right. and drug addicts and alcoholics, and I wasn't interested in associating with that role. But people, when I would go, but I, you know what, Jerry Lopez, when I was making this movie, he said, "John, don't quit surfing again. Never quit surfing again. It's yeah, free." Yeah. You can do it for the rest of your life, and it's super good for you because I was having so much fun, and I was surfing with him out of pipeline. And he goes, he goes, why'd you quit surfing? I told him for work, you know, like career. And he goes, don't quit again. This yeah. is the cheapest sport. You can do it all around the world. It's good for you. And I never, I've never quit surfing since that's, that's he all told the me thought. that. But yeah, yeah. but yeah. anyway, he he, you know, his his when I, when this movie came out, I didn't really love the type of attention I was getting. Mm-hmm. You know, from the surfing world, because I because I kept continued to surf, and I, I was like, "Is this an insult?" These, but but I did the mental gymnastics, and I continued. I, I would talk to a lot of actors, like Terry O'Quinn, who I lived with, who was doing Lost on the North Shore. I lived with a bunch of actors, like James, Sp- you know, James Spader. And they said, "Dude, if you've if you've played a part in a film that people are talking about, and they know the character's name at all." Congratulations. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. That's a rare accomplishment. So, you know, you should take it all as a compliment, even if they're having a problem oh, with completely. it. It's a compliment to you for, for your work. Completely. My thought is that since you've played Turtle, that to me is like total street cred for the surf community. Yeah. It, some, some, for some people, not for all. Okay. You know, there's some hardcore surfers, you know, that like see that and they go, like, I go to the North Shore every year and I always yeah. have since I was 16 years old. I've been going to the North Shore every year. It doesn't matter whether I did this movie or not. But because I did this movie, I've made some friends over there that I never would have made friends with on my own. You know what I yeah, mean? They're yeah. like, oh, this guy played Turtle in the movie that was about our backyard. Yeah. And he did it well. I mean, he, he played one of us and we liked what well, he did. Well, that's the thing is that when they see you now, that they don't associate it that way. I mean, I, I would think that they would associate that you are one of them now. I, I am, in my yeah, opinion, yeah. And, they, and a lot of them feel that way too. But there's some, but not all of them. You know, there's kids that come up. They're not actors. They don't understand. Them. They go, "Who the fuck is that guy?" Right, like, right, right. He played a t- what something in some movie right. in the eighties. Like, why does he get to go surf pipe with that guy? Or why is he like? Does he think he's somebody special? And I don't. I mean, I've been I've been hitchhiking on the North Shore. In the rain, you know, and seeing yeah. a huge four by four truck go by and hit the puddle and just totally cover me, right. and splash me with water, and go, "Yeah, turtle!" <laughs> oh, are you serious? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll walk by some gnarly kids. North Shore's gnarly, you know. Like they'll, oh, yeah. I'll go by some kids and they'll look at me and I'll, I'll look at them and I'll look away and they'll go like, "Nobody!" <laughs> really loud, you know. At first, it was like nobody listens to turtle. I'm like, is that an insult or a compliment? Oh, they remember the line. And then it turned into nobody listens. They were all like all eggy, you know. That North Shore's eggy. And then it just got to nobody. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I like, want to point out that I'm listening to Turtle right now. I know it's so, so sweet. They, I mean, it, look, I have a great affection for that role yeah. because of what how it's affected so many people. Yeah. And if people weren't 
affected by it and nice and let me know about it, you know, I it wouldn't have I wouldn't be talking to you about it right now. So I have a huge appreciation for this movie, no. for my work in it, for the fans, for everybody. Was it always that way, or did you? No, did you, but it okay. wasn't. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't always that yeah, way. Yeah. I remember there was a time when I was my ego was involved in my work, so that I identified my my ego identified with different parts I would play, and that is not a truthful, you know, paradigm. That that's not the way to look at reality. A part is just a part. I've been in 30 films, and like this, you know, someone's reaction to this film used to. I'd be like, what? Why are you? talking about that like I, you know but that's because my ego was involved same with Matt's you know his ego got involved in the people's reactions to the work which had you know you just do your best you don't know what's going to happen yeah. and let it go it's not, I don't identify or relate to this character anymore but I do but it's a huge part of my life now because of the reaction the positive reaction of people not the negative reaction of yeah, people yeah. which of course comes later because you know you you do this film and you walk away from it, right? I've got lots of friends in the industry that they, they say, yeah, you, you do the best you can and then you walk away from let it. it go. And, and you, yeah, you let it go, right? And then, then you don't get these reactions until like a year later, right? And it's a role that you did so long ago, you got to think back, oh yeah, so what is it about this role that people are connecting with? Right. Well, in my case, I didn't get reactions to it till 10 years later. Really? Till VHS came out. Really? Yes, when the VHS was invented... Wow. <laughs> and people could see this movie. It became a kid's movie because it was colorful and it's family friendly and, and it's, you know, it's sweet, like you said. Yeah, yeah, it's very yeah. sincere and very honest. That's how, why I think people like it. It's just sincere and honest and it's, it's original. It's very original. It's about a place that's never been talked about. Since then, they've made a bunch of movies about, you yeah, know, yeah. surfing yeah. and the North Shore. But. It, it was the first of its kind, so it had a. It, it, it was fun. It was family friendly. So let's talk about the way that this movie came together. I know it was thirty years ago. Do you remember what that process was like? Like how long did it take? Um, some of the things that happened with the movie. I know that Keani's role was changed uh, to Mia. Yeah, yeah, Mia yeah. people. Mia peoples. Yeah, I mean, it, I got the script. I auditioned, like I said, seven times. I did a terrible, you know, I, I thought I could rip. And I took a board and just wiped out, paddling out. And I said, you got to cut this scene. And I auditioned seven times. We'd take mm-hmm. my shirt off. And finally, Randall Kleiser just said, give him the part. I'm just telling you he's a method actor. He'll go over there. He'll study. And he'll become Turtle. It was based on... You know Brian King, kind of, and Brian. And, and you and lived when, with Brian King, yeah. During that when you process, said right? that, when you said that, Brian's life kind of followed Rick Kane's arc. But yeah, it did. I mean, a lot of the movie was drawn from his experience. He was very informative in the plot and story. Like the writer took him around, and he would tell stories, and the writer would make up a you know a Hollywood screenplay that fit into the formula, like he said, of the hero's journey, but using the local color. So it was really clever. But he was, he had a lot to do with it. So yeah, I met him at the airport. He picked me up. It was revealed to me by the time I got to the North Shore that he was the guy that it was based on. And I said, will you please live with me and let's just live together. Yeah. I'll rent a house. I did. He did. And he just helped me make that, bring that nuance of his quirkiness and his reality and his local color to the character. So I'm, I'm forever grateful for that. And I heard a story that you actually had the hooey holding people off your waves. Well, that's how it worked back then. The Hui is in the movie hired to represent, to play characters named the Hui. And, but in reality, the Hui controlled the water in, for any filming yeah, at yeah. the time. If you wanted to film on the North Shore of Hawaii, Oahu, you had to hire the Hui to make it clear that, yeah. you know, so that you could be on a wave and someone could film you. Now, in, when you're doing a Hollywood movie, you need that wave to be yeah. free of other people. Yeah. And also, you need to get on that wave. So, the Hui is hired to be water patrol. You know, they, and at the time, you know, because they're in the movie and Eddie's in, you know, a smart businessman, you know, they were working double shifts. They're working as water patrol and they're acting in the movie, which is awesome. So, I've been in a movie with Eddie Rothman. What's, more, what's cooler than that? So, um, <laughs> totally cool. So, and, and Rocky. Rest yeah. in peace. Oh yeah, R.I.P. You know, Rocky was a guy they just they just pulled off the street. Really? Yeah. Well, I he mean, did like a, he was. He did. Didn't he job. do such I mean, a great I job? I love him. Yeah, I love yeah. him in that movie. Like you, you just hated like the guy in the movie, right? What a great, love. what a great talent for somebody yeah. that they just pulled off the street, right? And from what I understand, that's the only film he's ever done. Well, he picked a good one. Yeah. Right. He's right. real. He was, he's he immortal. Was, he was the character. 
it's it's amazing to see what's happened to the Hui since then too. Because you know, in that movie, they were portrayed as bad guys, but that island needs the Hui because of things that are happening there today. Yeah, the know? Hui's really become a protective, you know, a yeah, cool yeah, it, yeah. institution. Eddie's done an amazing thing with that. Yeah, yeah, club. yeah. Much respect to them. Much respect. Yeah, yeah. What's the Hui's website? I follow them now, like. They're they're very active, incredibly active. I follow oh, them on Instagram. Yeah, I follow them on Instagram. Instagram, I follow. And, and they're they're very very, very protective of their protective. culture yes. and and you know the environment. And, yes, yeah, and yeah, and, so. the, and all the activities that the people are participating in. You know, it, I love it. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Yeah. So, what I'm curious about too is like some of these filming locations. I know that there was this cool house right that was in the movie at the beginning, where they had the big. Lance Burkhardt party I guess that was supposed to be Lance's house whose house is that in real life which one where the jacuzzi is or where where I met where the jacuzzi is or the Halloween party yeah the Halloween party that's a different house oh it is yeah the the Halloween party is a different house from the jacuzzi party where where Mark Acalupo and he's like come on Annie Mike that's like the funniest fucking line I've ever yeah I I thought that was during the Halloween party no that's not during the Halloween party is it Maybe, maybe yeah, you probably was. know better than I do. <laughs> I thought it was. I thought that. I thought that. I could be. No, no. You know what? You're right. No, Matt comes that over, was, and that was that when night, he first he gets there. Guys, when right. he first gets there, he, right. he, it's the jacuzzi, and then then there's the Halloween party after after he meets you. Right. And then there's Chandler's house. Right. And then there's the shaping shack. Right. I. Right. So which house are you interested in? I, I'm curious about all of them. <laughs> they're all still, they're all still there. I like going. You know, I go over there. I like. I wonder if I should run a North Shore location tour group like that they do. So, for, that would be so I'd, cool. I would bet that there's people that already do that on their own, <laughs> oh right? God. And then there's the house during the Pipeline Classic that all the surfers were hanging. That's out That's the at. Volcom house. Yeah, that's the. It used to be Jerry Lopez's house. That's where we hung out a lot. Like when we were filming the movie Jerry Lopez Pipe House, three story. But then Volcom bought it, so now it's the Volcom house, the, okay. the A-list Volcom house, and it's right across the alley from the other Volcom house, the original Volcom house, where the Braden Diaz would blow the whistle, and you'd have to go in and get your ass kicked. Right. (laughs) Don't even look in the gate at the Volcom house, dude. Don't look in there. Hey, would you do me a favor and just keep your fucking mouth shut when we're in this alley? My friend from California, who I'm going to take out to pipe for the first time, just shut up. But I mean, you know, people get there, they get so excited, they don't know. But I'm like, just, I just don't want to, don't, don't make me have to intervene. I've been fucking hassled there, you know? It's like, like, keep it cool, okay? These people live here, they don't like you. And and what, what a lot of people don't even know is the board that turtle made with the lightning bolt on it yeah that's a Jerry Lopez board wow yeah light big light light Jerry's yeah. the man yeah lightning bolt that was his brand I I um yeah it's a cool story Jerry Lopez's story has never really really been told even though it's been tried a lot but you know he's such an interesting man but anyway let me just tell you about those houses so that yeah, one house yeah. is Flippy Hoffman's house where the Halloween party was that's out on the point at Backyards it's still there it's where all the guys who tow surf phantoms have their jet skis and it's Awesome. Okay. And I look at it and I just think back and I just kind of, oh, it looks exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. The, my shaping shack is in the back of Charlie Walker's house and it still exists. I've gone over really? there and rented that shack and lived in it, you know, in the winter sometimes. And it's got a, you know, boards, people keep their boards That's there. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't look exactly the same because there's not all those pictures. I think but that a lot shack of it is, is forever associated with your character Turtle. It probably is. Probably yeah, is. But yeah. Charlie Walker lives there with his wife and beautiful daughter, and it, they just got a great family. And his, you know, it's two two. I love their family. I stay there all the time. Yeah. And I just love them. They be, we, so there's an example of like people who I met during a movie 30 years ago that I'm still friends with and love, yeah, which is very yeah. rare in in film business. Matt and Adler and I became best friends. Gregory Harrison still, I surf with him. I love him. We're, all, we're friends. Jerry, I'll be, I'll love that guy for the rest of my life. I see Laird. We have that con thing and going, you know, Robbie Page is still a, a friend. It's unbelievable how, you how guys well have, we gelled. Yeah, and you have something that, it's one of these will always have Paris. Yeah, we moments, all always right? have Paris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Such that's, that's so, so cool. Funny. It's like a fraternal, fraternal thing that no one can it's ever take a, away from yeah, you guys. It's a great thing. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, and the other house is Randall Kleiser's house at left at, at, at it's, it's called Leftovers. It's where the lagoon is. It's called the Blue Lagoon, and, okay. and we filmed at the Gallard's house and Randall Kleiser's house, which is on the North Shore. It's kind of hidden, private beach on the the road with no name. I love. That I wonder place. if these I people. Surf, I rent and I rent that place sometimes, oh, and I surf awesome. out there all the time. I wonder if these people get like 
uh, random visitors that know. I don't know. You know, that just show up. Like at the Brady Bunch house, people right. show up there like every day to take photos, right? I, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> but the, I don't know. The, the, the filming locations, I'm sure, were very discreet. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't expect them to get a lot of that. Now, I know I've asked you before that a lot of actors keep souvenirs from their film projects. Yes. Did you keep anything? No, I didn't. I don't have anything from that film. I, I had to go right away to Louisiana and shoot shy people. I, I had I surfed my brains out when we did that movie. I mean, when we, you know, I was got back into, I, I, like I said, I stayed there after we finished principal photography, cut my hair off and just surfed pipe for like weeks until they came back to do reshoots and that's when they threw a wig on me. And <laughs> I, 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 it was unbelievable. But, but, the, but souvenirs, I did not. But this company, Listen to Turtle, makes yeah, souvenirs, yeah. makes the mask from the movie, trucker caps with my hat on it, my, my, my face on it, which is awesome. I yeah. love Listen to Turtle. Listen to Turtle's a cool website. Yeah, let's they give them a shout out. Movie. So, at yeah. Listen to Turtle on Instagram, I am a follower of their site. Me I too. love it because they write these posts that reference the movie yes. in all different ways. And they put little clips and, and memes and all kinds of fun stuff from that. You know, yeah. for somebody like me who grew up on that movie, it's an extremely nostalgic and fun yeah. page to go and visit. I, I just love seeing what they put up there. So do I. I've made, I, I bought some of their things and given them to friends as gifts. And they're like, where did you get right. this? And I go, listen to Turtle. I got it. Listen to Turtle. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever wonder what happened to some of the boards? Like, do oh, you know? Yeah, no, I have no idea. I I wonder now, now that I'm more experienced, and you think you see like a Patrick Swayze's board that Dennis Jarvis made for for Bodie and Point Break sold for sixty thousand oh, dollars. I just man, think that's crazy. What? So I'm like, yeah, that would be cool to have something like that. That'd that be totally Jerry Lopez cool. board. You know, the turtle supposedly made. How yeah, great would yeah, that be? Yeah, that would be to great. Have that. Burkhart's board. Burkhart's board. Yeah, Matt. You know, Matt Adler had those Burkhart board. He had Chandler oh, boards. Oh, he did. Yeah, have he them. did. I think he, we snapped one of them down in Puerto Escondido. It was like he snapped his hero board down in oh, Puerto because no. we took some surf trips right after the movie before he quit surfing. Wow. Oh man, that that would be something that I'd hang in my living room, probably never pull down. I mean, that's something someone whoever made it who has the right should make and sell. You know, the Chandler sure. board, the hero board. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to get the shirt they with did, the logo that he did with the blue well, diamond. Well, that's available. Uh, that you can get that online. People make okay. make those shirts. What about the gnarly mask? I've got one from Listen to Turtles. Oh, you got a gnarly mask. They made a gnarly mask, oh, and yeah, I yeah. and they sent me one, and I love it. Oh. I just got it the other day at a at a at the Ark. No, it was at the Egyptian Theater. Someone had it. Had brought it from Listen My to Turtles. My buddy Turtle. was at that. Yeah, I was in Portland during that event. That's when they did the. Um, Gleaming the Cube and and, and uh, Rad and, and Rad and Marshall yeah, all together. Extreme yeah. sport. Yeah, my buddy was at that. Boris Hamilton. Shout out to Boris. Cool, so. Boris. All right, Boris. <laughs> um, now, recently, you posted a video of Matt Adler pointing at the sunset on the equator, and oh. I got to tell you, this, so I know that you guys have been friends this whole time. Yeah. I was so stoked to see you guys together again when I That's saw that. That's the first time anyone's really seen us together who who follows that yeah. kind of thing. Because Matt quit surfing for 20 years, you know, that married, had a kid, works his butt off, makes a lot of money in golf, he's a scratch golfer, but quit surfing, you know. And then I kind of, you know, I hope, Matt, you don't hear this, but I, I kind of was just praying for him to get back into it and telling him it's cool and saying we could go somewhere. You know, actually it was his idea. He called me up one day and said, hey, I want to take a surf trip. I'm yeah. like, yes. yeah. He goes, but I'm not going to surf till the day we get there. And I go, fine, whatever. So we practiced skateboarding, and he swam, and he worked out his ass off. And we got back, and so we'd seek out, I'm going to take a surf trip. So we went, he got pick a spot, I'll help you. Like he, we, we found this place in the Mentawi Island chain called Kandui Resort. And it was the best surf resort. And I've been going to Indonesia forever. But it was the most amazing place. I would never have gone there by myself. It was very expensive. First rate, but, you know, Matt's rich. So I'm like, yeah, I will, I'll go, but I'll, uh, can you help? Goes, yeah, I'll fly a business can I class room on with Singapore. You? Yeah, he's like, yeah, you can stay in my place. He just took care of me. And we, and he went surfing. And by the end of that trip at Kandui Resorts, Kandui Villa Resorts, he was surfing amazing. So he's when he came back, he's decided you know we'll take another surf trip someday. So he's getting in the water now. He's got a surfboard, you know. So it's, yeah, it's I took so pictures cool, of him man. on the equator. We had the best time. We're just like kids in the water. Just what we, we have so much fun. It's just feel like we're twelve years old, just laughing and making jokes the whole time. When you posted that video, 
And I saw because he was standing on top of that porch, and he starts to walk down the stairs. Yeah, that's it. And my first thought was, "Holy shit, that's Rick Kane!" That's right, man. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what people at the place thought because he just is out of that whole scene. But now, because he didn't like the reaction about that, now he li- now he doesn't mind. He d- he doesn't know anything else other than it used to be negative, and now it's positive. So oh, yeah, we come yeah. to the bar at Can Do It, and people are like looking at him and looking at me, and what we call it is like getting that funny look. Like they'll be like. Hey, you know you who you guys look like? We're like who? You you guys look like those guys that were in North Shore. Rick Kane and what's the guy, what's that guy's name? Rick turtle, and turtle, right? Like turtle. Yes. You fucking you guys look just fucking. You guys look like them. You know, it's kind of fun for us. Like we are them. It's funny that you tell me the, that that this is like a positive thing now because now. It's, it's always been a positive thing I am to so me. I'm so happy to hear you that. Know, but I've, we I've, were actors like with our egos attached. Like, well, I don't focus on the surf movie we did. Yeah, yeah. But oh, now I, I think it. like now I think you liked my work in that. Awesome. Yeah, I used to be an actor. Oh my god, I fucking love it, man. <laughs> you know, like, and, and, and we're going to talk about bucket list towards the end here. Like, I kind of want to wrap with that, but I have a bucket list item that I think you'll get a kick out of. So yeah, sure. we'll talk about that in a few minutes. I want to switch gears now. Uh-oh. This episode is sponsored by the Tiki Bar T-Shirt Club, where their monthly T-shirt designs pay tribute to a Polynesian bar or restaurant from days long past. Each design is available for a limited time and will never be produced again. For the collectors out there, be sure to check out their subscription program, where they offer a discounted 3-, 6-, or 12-month plan, or you can always buy shirts one at a time. For more information and to check out this month's shirt, visit tikibartshirtclub.com. If you have a product, service, or event that you'd like to bring attention to, we can help. Imagine hearing your ad in this spot, just like you're hearing this one right now. Sponsor an episode and get the exposure you deserve. For more information, go to DesertOasisRoom.com and click on Services. I want to switch gears now. Uh-oh. I want to talk about Point Break because Ooh. you played uh, Nathaniel in Point Break. Yes, I did. And that was a great movie. Thank you. I agree, too. Catherine Bigelow is an amazing artist, and her casting, again, was fantastic. Oh and she God, did like something original that, that, that made a movie star out of Keanu Reeves. The visuals were amazing. Yeah. They're epic, right? She's a painter. Okay, okay. She was a painter, you know, got into the bank robbery scene, the she, skydiving scene. Action was amazing, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. The cinematography was just nuts. Don I have a bunch Peterman of questions about a cinematographer, that. yeah. He's from Palace Verde also, man. I knew his whole family and I it's like seeing his family on the yeah. on the set, seeing people from your hometown family. Oh yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. Cool. That's pretty cool. Then you played a surfer in that movie too. Yeah, a surfer bank robber. Was yeah. One of the ex-presidents. Were you cast as a surfer because of North Shore? I will never know why I was cast in that. What what North Shore had to do with my casting in that movie, okay. or 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 non-casting in any others, or casting. I never knew. No one's ever come up and said, you know, we're casting you because of your performance in North Shore. But at the time, I never thought about North Shore. I okay. never ever thought about it. In, like I was when I got that movie, I was doing. I was doing a movie called Dillinger, and I was robbing banks out in Milwaukee, you know, in a, right, in a right. movie with Mark Harmon and Patricia Arquette. And we, I don't, I just never thought about the other movies I had done, you know. I was just doing the next movie, and it was a bank robbing movie. And when this thing came up, I was like, oh, it's a surf movie? Does the guy get to surf pipe? Yeah, but I really was into the role he had with Bodie. I didn't know who was going to play. And first time I got cast in this movie, I think Charlie Sheen was playing Johnny Utah, Mm-hmm. And it was called Riders on the Storm. And I okay. got cast as Nathaniel, and my life was made, in my opinion. When I got that first movie, I think it was a Ridley Scott film. And I auditioned for Bodie, but I got Nathaniel, who was just this n- amazing character. And Charlie Sheen was Johnny Utah, and it was called Riders on the Storm. And I used to play that Riders on the Storm, you know, in my car and going, I'm going to be yeah, in this yeah. amazing bank robbing movie. Yeah. You know, cops and robbers movie that's spiritual, and I surf in it which is a bonus I'll get to be in another movie where I surf we didn't know what was going to happen but I was just thrilled I loved the part big studio film then it fell apart went into turnaround and and the owners of the film kept it and and then brought it to another studio and that studio picked it up and hired Catherine Bigelow hired Patrick Swayze hired Keanu Reeves and came, and came back and looked at the characters who had who had been cast already the producers we had cast John Philbin you know like 
who is John Philbin? You know, he's good. You know, bring him in. So I came in and re-auditioned for Nathaniel and got the part. Okay. So with a different director, a different cast, a different title, yeah, and a slightly yeah. different script. And I was like, this is it, man. I love this. This film's going to change my a life. Great movie. Great yeah. movie. And, you know, like the, it, it had obviously a very much of a different feel than North Shore. It's a little bit darker, right? These guys are well, bank it's a, robbers. It's a cop and robber movie. It's right, not a surf right. movie. It's not it just a surf happens movie. to take place in a surfing milieu. Exactly. But it's, a, it's a cop and robber movie. Exactly. It's a different formula. You played more of a thrill sports kind of guy in that movie. Yeah. Right? Like an adrenaline... Adrenaline junkie. Junkie, yeah. right? Criminal, outlaw, adrenaline junkie. Now, junkie. I know I know that Patrick Swayze jumped out of that plane. Yeah. Did you do that too? Yes, Patrick. It's my second movie I'd done with him, so we, we were fast friends. He used to bring me up to his house in Arrowhead, and we'd go drive to Lake Paris, Paris Valley, yeah. and jump out of planes because he was a skydiver and he wanted to do his own stunts. And I was like, I'll do it. I'll do anything. I'll do with anything you want to do. Yeah, I'll yeah. do, Patrick. You just tell me what to do, and I'll do it. I love him. He was the most amazing guy in the world, and I think that's why so many people loved him. It came out in his work, but he was so loving and generous. He would bring us up, and we would skydive every weekend. So, That's yeah, I skydived cool. a lot with him. And you and I have something in common then, because I've skydived Paris before, too. <laughs> it's, there's nothing like it, man. So much fun, It changes man. your dreams it about sure flying. Does. It sure does, man. Yeah. I mean, like, it's one of those things. I did that in my 20s just because I was... To- I was always looking for something fun to do. You yeah, know, roller coasters weren't enough anymore. Right. You know, so yeah, it's different. It was, it's different. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's really exciting. Yeah. Really fun. And Paris is a good place to do it too. Yeah. Now I have a question about Point Break. What do you think about? And I, I think I know the answer, and it's probably the same answer that I have. <laughs> what do you think about the remake? Oh, that was the worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> have you ever seen a worse movie? It was like the worst reviewed m- movie of the year. Well, and not that reviewers mean anything, but I went to see it anyway because I was in the original, and it was the worst fucking yeah. piece of shit I've ever seen. I think it was in and out of the theaters in like yeah, two like weeks or something. Yeah, it was gone. Yeah. Because it was so bad. Those people just don't under- know how to make a movie, and they, don't, they didn't ha- understand what they had. They just, it's a shame. Yeah, they yeah. They took this movie that people love so much, and they just ruined it because they don't understand film or history, or they don't think things seriously. They're just awful filmmakers. Well, that's the thing. This, you know, we get these films that... Be- Become this kind of epic in the way that they sit, right? Yeah. North Shore being one of them. Like, that's yeah. a movie I would never want to see remade. I know, and you know? God knows they tried to, re- and, and, to and do it. There's one, all this talk about it, you know, yeah. like for the past couple of years about you know, either doing a sequel or doing a remake or something. And I always think just leave it alone. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I was, I got, you know, I am an actor. I do want to work. Like, I would have done it, I would have. A point break too like let you want, what do you want you want me to help yeah. you want me to do in it nothing well, let me, well, can I, can yeah. I, I'm like are you kidding me you fucking idiots yeah. you don't understand yeah. what you have here yeah they and don't then, understand then it came out and you could just see it written all over that movie we don't know what we're doing yeah yeah. and that, and the audience knew that they walk in they see it immediately these people are fucking bad filmmakers yeah. it's insulting it was disgraceful yeah that's what I think about it but there was a time but you know live and learn the script is, and the story is still brilliant. Peter Eliff wrote Point Break and sold it, and it became... And he's a great guy, you know, and God bless him. I hope he continues, has... I think he has the rights to the movie, which has become a cult film. The play, Point Break Live, is the longest-running play in the history of Los Angeles really? theater. Yes. It plays in New York. It plays in all these other theaters. Oh, interesting. It plays in L.A. longer than any other play has ever played continuously in L.A. Point Break Live is an amazing production based on his screenplay. Yeah, and it's hysterical. Yeah. I don't know if anyone's ever seen it, but if you're a fan of Point Break, if you can get see Point Break Live, you'll laugh your brains out. I didn't even know. That, I didn't even know about that. It's to be fucking awesome. I, yeah. It's awesome. Peter has written an amazing screenplay, and I hope he continues to do something with it. When he was he's involved, he has respect. He has respect for. You know the film and the and the film's audience. Yeah, yeah. So that's that. Yeah. Now, when you did that film, I mean, obviously, there Patrick Swayze was in that. Yeah. And Gary Busey and and Keanu Reeves. Oh yeah. Did you build the same kind of relationships on that project as you did, like say North Shore, or some of the other projects? Yeah. I mean, I became and I'm still great friends with James Legro, who played my bank robbing buddy. Mm-hmm. My other bank robbing buddy was. Uh, 
uh, Bo Jesse Christopher, who you know, I just yeah, saw the other yeah. night, who yeah, remained to be friends. Patrick yeah. and I were friends for life. We used to talk on the phone every night, all night. Yeah. I mean, I've been up to his house many times. You know, we'll always, you know, I'll love him forever. Yeah. And um, let's see, those were that was the gang. So yeah, we're, we were friends for life after yeah. that that movie. People that weren't that I wasn't, you know, close with or intimate with or you know, like did a lot of scenes with. I don't. I'm not sure. Like Gary Busey, we'll always be friends because mm-hmm. he shot me and he played the masochist in my favorite movie, Big Wednesday. My claim as a surf film aficionado, like I study surf film, I study film and I love the history of surf movies. So for me, I go, the masochist from Big Wednesday shoots Turtle from North Shore in Point Break. <laughs> to me, that connection is my claim to fame. That's awesome. Yeah, right? that is my claim to fame. I put That's that on awesome. my tombstone. This episode is brought to you in part by Steadfast Pomade. Steadfast Pomade is a strong-holding, medium-bodied, water-based styling product for men and women, which leaves your hair looking slick, neat, and shiny with a clean, fresh scent. Its unique formula allows you to easily restyle your hair throughout the day and washes out with ease. Steadfast Pomade is American-made and veteran-owned, available in original and anchor hold. Get yours today at steadfastpomade.com. Tame the waves and keep it steadfast. This episode is sponsored by the Tiki Tea. Founded in 1961, the Tiki Tea is a family-owned and operated tropical drink bar practicing the lost art of exotic cocktail mixing. Come try their house specialty, the Ray's Mistake, a delicious concoction of botanic liqueurs, passion fruit, gin, and rum for only $6 on Wednesdays until 9 p.m. The Tiki Tea is located at 4427 Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood, California. For more information, check out their website, tiki-ti.com. The Tiki Tea, ground zero for tropical drinks with Patrick's death oh you know I'm gonna be 50 and and congratulations thank you in like a little over a month oh good luck (laughs) (laughs) you've almost made it my friend almost there you know I look at life differently now yeah of course and and when Patrick passed he was like 57 or something yeah I remember when that happened thinking God he's so young yeah you know and I'm at an age now where I'm older now than when my father, rest in peace, had his first heart attack. And so I look at life through a different lens now. And, and what I'm getting at, I'm trying to transition here to bucket list stuff, right? I, I lightly touched on that before. I look at my life today in, in the sense that it, most of it is behind me now, not in front of me. And I have this example that I give to people, hmm. if you'll bear with me real quick. So, you know, at my age, it just happened to hey, me like... In, while you're telling yeah. this story, can I go to the bathroom and smoke a cigarette? I'm just kidding. I'm just fucking <laughs> trying to lighten it up because I got really sad just now. But yeah, okay, I'm here. I will bear with you. Right. Sorry to make you sad. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> so, uh, it's just an example, and I've actually talked about this on the podcast before. You know, in my early 40s, it just came to a realization about how short life was. Because, like, you know, when I was, say, 42 or 43, I remember thinking back to when I was 22, 23. Like, 20 years, right? And I remember everything about 20 years before that, right? I remembered who I dated, where I worked, what I wore every day, the car I drove, how much money I made, um, what I like to do on the weekends, my favorite restaurants, all that stuff, very vividly. And I thought, oh, my God, that 20 years just went by like a flash, right? And I thought, if the next 20 goes by as fast as the last 20, then I'm going to be in my 60s, right? And I think about that today, right? I'm going to be 50 in about a month. And my birthday's on 9-11, by the way. Oh, that's right. So 9-11. You told me that. Yeah. yeah, and... and it's a hard date to forget. Right? Your right? birthday. Hard, hard date to forget. <laughs> uh, maybe one day I won't have to go... Well, I'm self-employed, so... I, I used to say maybe one day I won't have to go to work on my what birthday. What was the year you were born? 1968. Nice. So, so along this that line, right, that would be, if I use my example, I would have been 20 years ago... 29 going into 30 but now you know if the next 20 goes as fast as the last 20 i'll be turning 70 tomorrow that's kind of my thought right so i have this kind of way that i see life now with bucket list stuff right i'm always looking at bucket list stuff and to reference what i was talking about earlier when i touched on bucket list stuff i used to have a bunch of fun things on there and one of them was to go surfing with turtle (laughs) You know, uh, a, a ball game with Ferris Bueller, um, oh my God. you know, to train with 
Bruce Leroy from The Last Dragon. Uh, lots of fun stuff like that. I put all that stuff in there because I just thought it was thinking out of the box and it was just kind of funny. I find it kind of ironic that now I'm sitting here with you, John, and I'm just that much closer to that particular it's bucket a phone list. call right. away, man. <laughs> I have a surf. I teach surfing for a living, so anybody can surf with turtle. There you go. All you got to do is ask me. We schedule it, and we go surfing. There you go. Um, I teach in Malibu, but I teach all over the world, and that's my life. ProSurfInstruction.com is my... I'm, I'm taking this beautiful, heartfelt, sentimental philosophical expose that I just heard from you and I turn it into a uh, commercial opportunity it, for me to make some money. Turn it into a commercial. I yeah, no idea where everybody. you're going with that, but where I'm going with and the good news is you can surf a turtle. Um, Pro Surf Instruction is my website. And um, I really, that's what I do full time now. I, t- I pick up small acting jobs and I'd like to promote two of my upcoming films yeah, yeah. before I get off the radio. Yeah, we, one's we called definitely do that. John yeah. and one's called ghost bay but you know i'm still doing it it's super fun but uh but yeah you can let's we have to go surfing now now that you that. said that it's but a it's bucket been, list thing it's it's yeah, been over 20 years to. been over 20 years since Good, been perfect. A, been that's, on what I, that's it's been a long long time it's been a long long time so but so this is where i was getting with that oh, okay where were you actually i want to know what, i want to know what's on your bucket list <laughs> why just to get to to know you a little bit better did you ever get to ireland why did you say that? What? Where did you hear that? That? Why would? Where did that come from? Tell me where that came from. That's on your bucket list, isn't it? Yes, but how do you know? I, I'm a super fan, as I mentioned to you. When before. did I say that out and loud? You got, in a place. you got another thing that I wanted to ask you about are motorcycles. I know that you stopped riding for a while, and then you got you got a motorcycle from uh, from Matt Adler, right? So yeah, so this is what this is what I'm leading into. <laughs> okay, it's very personal, by the way. But no, uh, I have not been to Ireland. I wanted to go with my dad, but I and I asked him. I go, can I take you to Ireland? Because I've got some money now, and he's getting older, like he said. I'm I've, I'm older than my mom was when she died. I've been all over the world. She never got to go anywhere. My dad is has not been to Ireland. I'm Irish. He's Irish. Philbin. But he doesn't want to go with me. He's like, I'm done, dude. I don't want to travel yeah, anymore. He's yeah. 84. He lives yeah. in Palos Verdes. Yeah, He's I done. Get, I get that. I yeah. get that. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so I have to go by myself. I'm going to go, and I'm going to surf, and God bless the Malloys, who've like, you know, made it okay for an American looking for his roots to go over to Ireland and surf. But um, no, I've not been there. I want, I want to go there. Okay, so that's on the list. I've never been to Spain. My, grand, my mother's family is from Spain. I've never been to Spain either. That's on the list. That's on the Ireland list. and Spain. I... Um, those are really besides the, the you know Amber Valletta and like the you know the the supermodels that I've I've yet to I've had most of them but there's a couple that have gotten away. Just kidding! Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> I mean, that's so not true. And just I mean, all serious, a serious. You, you subject. said it was such a serious there were like face. three of them. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I I, I pretty much have. It's just Ireland and uh, it's okay. Ireland and Spain. Okay. And. Um, that I just want to go to those places, you know. You before go. I die, I want to see him right. go. Yeah, I'm in Ireland, and yeah, I'm in Spain. The motorcycle thing. Matt Adler's friend George Clooney collected motorcycles, and he gave them to all his friends because he loves his friends. And he likes to ride with them, you know. Yeah. So he gave this motorcycle, and this is one a beautiful Triumph Bonneville T100 Black Paul Smith English, you know, designed bike to my friend, my good friend Matt Adler. Matt rode the shit out of it. George gave him other bikes and two, too. But there was one day when Matt was riding around the valley, and he almost got killed like twice in one week from people making left turns yeah, in front wow. of him. Wow. Almost got killed twice in one week. It's just so shocking to the system. He's got a kid and a wife, and he went, you know what? And he's trying to make a lot of money You know, at a certain time. You know, he, he wants to make sure his kid's doing well. So he, you know, his, he just said, honey, I'm, give, I'm done. I'm done with two wheels. He called me up and goes, hey, John, by the way, I'm going to give away this Triumph, uh, and you can. do you want it? And I said, I can't. Aff- I was totally broke at right, the time. Right. I was just broke surf instructor. I was like, I can't afford it. He goes, no, no, I'm not selling it. It was given to me, and I'm giving it away. Do you want it? You can have it. Come get it. And i just thinking, oh, fuck. I haven't ridden in. I had a, that experience happen to me 15 years ago. So I, I grew up with bikes, but I haven't had a bike in 15 years. But I'm like, okay, honey, I'll, I'll, maybe I can handle it now. It's been a long time. I go over. And I see that it's that bike, because I'd seen him have other street bikes. Right. And I went, this is the most beautiful bike I have ever seen. Yeah. And yes, I started crying. I'll take it. Thank you. 
you know, we did the sign away, gave it yeah. to me. It was given yeah. to him. He gave it to me. He quit riding motorcycles. Yeah. So I rode that bike home, and I've been riding it ever since. And I slowly got back into riding motorcycles. And where I live now is, mo- is a world-class destination for riding motorcycles in the canyons in Malibu. And I love it. It's a part of my life now. So two weeks ago, Matt goes, hey, John, want to hear a story, bad mo- motorcycle story? And I'm like, sure. I'm not scared. You know, whatever. So George is in, you know... Italy or something and oh, he yes he someone made a left say. turn yeah, in front of him yeah. he went smashed into the window went over the car wow. rolled in he was he he you know some you know it's inches and seconds of being dead he didn't even break a bone but he wow. called Matt that day you know f- from wherever he was in Italy or something and he said I'm done with two wheels Really? I am done with two wheels. His My friend from high school, Grant Heslop, was with him. Grant could have been killed. He was one second away from getting killed. Wow. There's a video of the accident, you know, and it's just, it's so dangerous. Yeah. And he's got kids now, you know, same thing yeah. as Matt. I don't yeah. have kids. So I'm like, ew, I wonder if he has any bikes he's going to give away. <laughs> I'm trying again, trying to make a good thing for go. me out of a, disaster, a sad thing for someone else. You know, on the way here, I lemonade. was even thinking. Uh, yeah, exactly, lemonade. I was thinking, man, I hope John doesn't ride his bike because I've got gifts. I know, <laughs> I, thought I brought a backpack just in case. Just in case. perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have to go buy hummingbird feet, liquid for my hummingbird feeders. I've, I, I live up this, uh, near this place, and all I care about are animals, the animals right, around right. me. I'm feeding hummingbirds. I'm buying, i got to buy some carrots for the horses. I'm just so, they're not mine. They're just wild. They're just yeah. animals around yeah. the place. I'm like, i got to feed them. That's I just, awesome. I've gotten older, as you said, and I've become much more loving and kind to Animals. I just, just I love yeah, animals. I'm now. an animal lover too. Yeah, yeah. I've got a real soft spot for that kind of stuff. So. I'm just thinking, fifty. Good for you for already coming to that place where life is precious. It's yeah. short. We're lucky to be alive at all to have consciousness. And I don't want to take. I'm going to tell you, take man, it for granted again. I live a blessed life. No I'm kidding. I, I'm very happy. You know, like I, I worked a tech job for 20 years, and and it was soul sucking. Yeah. And I got laid off, and I thought, what am I going to do now? And I it was. It happened two years ago. So I thought, well, if there's any time to pursue my passions, now is the time. That's right. And so that's what I've been doing. And then, you know, I used to sit in a cubicle every day, and now I'm sitting in a coffee shop with John Philbin. You know, so it's just amazing what happens. <laughs> uh, to, I think to, there'd be some world, people going, you know? well, I don't, "Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Are you bragging <laughs> it's a or great complaining?" Thing. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm bragging. <laughs> it's a great thing. Yeah, I mean, like last week I was in the Cook Islands. I turned 50 in a month. I'll be in Fuck Maui. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I turn 50. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like life is good, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm very blessed. Yeah, that's yeah. good. I'm happy for you. Well, really, I thank am. you, thank you. Before I wrap up, I want to say number one, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with me and the podcast you don't know how much it means to me you're right i don't and you but you're welcome i'll take that those Thank gifts you. as as the only tangible evidence of what it really means to you are that is that cup and that shirt now i'm just i'm just trying to be funny <laughs> i'm so glad that we got to do this it's fun for me because i have changed as well as you as i've gotten older and i appreciate anybody who's interested in anything yeah thank you so much and, sure. and for our listeners out there that don't know john and i have been friends and followers on facebook and instagram for a long long time we finally met and so uh it's it's so great to finally have you on the podcast i want to make sure that we promote all the stuff that you want to talk about what are these films that you mentioned just oh, a cool. few minutes ago yeah if anyone, i mean if anyone's still listening to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> at this point if anyone hasn't fa- dazed off to sleep or what the fuck, man? What's, anyway, um, <laughs> who was that guy again? <laughs> so if I'm, I, you know, every once in a while someone asks me to do a little part in a movie, and I always say yes because I love acting, and I always will. I don't have an agent. I don't go on on auditions or anything, but some people go like, hey, will you? I, are you still doing that? And, some, and uh, yeah, they say yes. So if anyone out there wants me to be in their movie, I'm happy to do it. But awesome. I was in these two movies. One's called Undateable John, which comes out in, in Thanksgiving time, and it's amazing with Daryl Hannah and Tom Arnold and Joan Jett. It's amazing. And the other one is called Ghost Babe, which probably comes out in a year. We just did it, and I just think it's so funny, and it's it was so much fun to make. And, and so those are coming out. But also anyone can take surf lessons with me if they go to prosurfinstruction.com. That's my website, and that's how you get to book a surf lesson with me. There you go, prosurfinstruction.com. Thank you again, John. God, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. We're and shaking hands now. Yeah, we're shaking hands. John's taller than you thought. <laughs> oh. <laughs> For our listeners out there, if you have any questions, comments, or just want to leave a shout-out, check us out on our group page on Facebook, Inside the Desert Oasis Room. 
You can follow us on Instagram at Polynesian Pop or check out some previous episodes at DesertOasisRoom.com. Alrighty, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to figure out a way to surf with turtle, but so we're gonna do this. Thank you again, John. Aloha and uh, and we mahalo, will, and we will uh, catch you guys again soon. Cheers. If you enjoyed this episode, then check out Music and Booze with Mo, a podcast hosted by music and radio industry veteran Mo Herms. Mo talks to musicians and bartenders about the cocktails and songs they love. Tune in for her tropical summer featuring bartenders from just about everywhere who work in the tiki and tropical cocktail world. Find Music and Booze with Mo at Potomatic.com. This episode was brought to you in part by Shipwrecked. A tiki social and bazaar. Experience live music, cocktails, shopping, and more. Happening Saturday, August 25th at the Warehouse Restaurant in Marina Del Rey, California. For more information, visit Shipwrecked MDR on Instagram.